Hey everybody, we're here for a very special episode. Not because we're touching babies like last episode, <laughs> but because we have a guest. Welcome, Stephen. Hi. Also, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. And it's Fried Squirms. And we're going to talk about a movie. Normally it's a horror movie. This one's more of a thriller. We'll talk about that. We've done thrillers in the past. I ain't worried about it. Stephen, you've been on the network before, technically. Yeah. You haven't been on the show. I have not been on the show yet. Longtime listener now. Well, not as long as you've been going, because holy fuck, you guys have an amazing back catalog. Thanks. And uh, I'm still working my way through it. And as always, as a light, I'll uh, smoke a bunch of weed and just listen to your podcast. It's uh, one of my favorite things to do. Well, that might lead us into our first little bit here. Well, our first couple little bits, because we'll start getting high here in a second. But also, being as it's your first time on our show, first, what's your own history with weed? It is relatively short. I did not start smoking until I was 22, 23-ish, um, uh, right around the same time that I actually found this movie. For the first time. Oh, shit. With a specific group of friends. Um, one of them uh, is still the, one of my best friends in the world. Dan uh, suggested this movie to me. And I, I'm like 80% certain and like 75 to 50% certain the first time I smoked weed was one of the first times I watched this movie. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I love to make edibles. Uh, I do that a lot. And uh, I love to smoke weed and watch movies. Hell Yeah. Like I said, this one's more of a thriller, but considering what we normally cover, what's your history with horror movies? Oh, I do love them. I will say that I'm not huge on the on the gore stuff or not. It's not always my bag, but I do get down for some bloody stuff, if that makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. I love a creature feature. I love a sci-fi horror. I would love to at some point I want to bring to the table. I'm, I'm aghast that you have not done Night of the Living Dead yet because it is one of my all time favorites. I love a zombie movie. I love uh, we can monster get there. movies, <laughs> um, uh, which, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I, uh, I'm i a big fan of uh, horror movies. I was actually very late to the game on horror movies in that uh, I was a very much of a scaredy cat uh, for a long while. Um, it took until high school and reading Max Brooks's uh, The Zombie Survival Guide and then getting into zombie movies before I got into the rest of the genre. Um, I remember watching Scream way too early, like the summer it came out. And I was just way too young to see it at that mm. point in my life. And I was just needing my sister to walk me around the house because I was just <laughs> terrified that uh, that Ghostface was going to come out and just murder me. Completely irrational, but uh, um, I wish I had weed to smoke at that point. But, <laughs> eh, hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I think with the topic of weed at hand, what do we have here, boys? I know that we already talked about it amongst ourselves, but I think it's time to get in some green hits and... Yeah, I'll we just... all passed a lot round a shit ton of joints today, so... <laughs> oh, no, it felt like Christmas all over again. So uh, I, I guess I can lead off a little bit because I just brought the one strain over for you gentlemen. But the strain that I brought over, coincidentally, I know you picked up some as well, Tyler, but I picked up some Jays of Strawberry Banana from a local dispenser here in town, Greener Pastures. And the genetics on this guy, for those who are curious, it is a cross of Crockett's Banana Kush and the Strawberry Phenotype of Bubblegum. This particular strain, I think you said clocked in about around 20, 28, 28%. Yeah. 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 Almost 29. 
you do get the nice berry, a little bit of a strawberry finish. You know, it's, it's not overtly sweet, but it's still pretty nice. The effects on this is you'll feel happy, relaxed, maybe a little sleepy because it is a 70% Indica, 30% Sativa hybrid. So, um, you know, I'll put it this way. I know we are all seasoned veterans here. It never made me sleepy anytime I smoked it over the weekend. So okay. if that's any indicator, right. but it's still a nice little high. Yeah. Yeah, I also picked up some strawberry banana, but that's not the J's I brought to the table. The J I brought today is I got some super silver hash, so a cross between super silver haze and G13 hash plant. I mean, that just sounds like a pretty good hybrid to me. I don't know about you guys. Like, We tend to have quite a few hybrids that make use of super silver haze, and it, of course, is one half of my favorite strain of all time, fucking silver tip. So, Love me some silver tip. So good. I'm excited. I haven't tried it yet, but I mean, it's, it's hash. It's super silver haze. Hell yeah, dude. Let's go. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. I, myself, I brought from local dispensary, Urban Farmer, I brought um, uh, some uh, purple sangria, which is a hybrid, uh, if I'm not mistaken, indica leaning. If I remember correctly, I think it's in the lower 20s on its percentages. And then I also brought a pina colada which is a also a hybrid, but I believe uh, sativa-leaning. I believe that one's in the high teens to low 20s. Cool. Just the way we like them. <laughs> uh, I mean, I personally like a little bit of age, personally. <laughs> I, like, I was just talking about percentages. I know. <laughs> I, I like mine to be cured, personally, was what I was talking about. <laughs> I, like, I like a longer cure, so no, it I, knocks I totally me out. It. That's what I was talking about. Totally no, no. Yeah. I like uh, I like when it's in me. That's that's all. <laughs> I, I also like to put it in me, so I'm, I'm going to do that right well, now. Well, I'm about to inject some marijuanas. Yeah, let's uh, let's get to the marijuanas. I'll get a save in, and we'll get to the guts and bolts of time crimes. Guts and bolts. All right, guts and bolts of time crimes. Who and what went into making this movie? Start off their spoiler-free setup. How do you do this? Please. <laughs> okay, Time Crimes is in the name. Like, time is in the name. So, a man is assaulted and driven to seek shelter in a time machine where he travels through time, and then things get worse. That's where I'm going to leave it. I will say you did a fantastic job. I've been watching this movie for years now, and I've been trying to recommend it to people, and I don't know how to describe it to them without spoiling it. Mm -hmm. So, aces. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but now, who and what went into this? Danny, I know you tend to have this better down than I do. Yeah, from week to week, we do like to talk about the people who go into making the film and the actors and actresses who star in front of the camera. And this week, our director and writer... And this is his film debut, even though he's known for a lot of short films. One actually, I think he was nominated, I shouldn't say award, he was nominated for an Academy Award for like best live action short film. So yeah, pretty neat. But uh, Nacho Vigalondo, he's known for the films Extraterrestrial. He's known also for the films Open Windows, Colossal, and Puka. And a couple of interesting like short films, I would say they're, they're more like shorts and anthologies per se are the segments A is for Apocalypse, for the segment of the ABCs of Death, 
He also helped with Sins of the Fathers, the segment for the Profane Exhibit, and Parallel Monsters for the segment of VHS Viral. So some interesting uh, short horror films of note. Did Profane Exhibit get its release yet? Ooh, um... Because I want to see that I don't think shit. so. I think it's still in, like, pre-release. Because that's going to be an unearthed release, yeah. right? Yeah. Have either of you seen Open Windows? No. Nope. It is a uh, 21st century retelling of Rear Window. Okay. Um, definitely in the thriller category, but it's got uh, Elijah Wood in the... Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I actually heard about this. Uh, yeah. In, like, the... I forget the who's in Rear Window. This... Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, basically, I heard about he's, that. He's viewing some sort of thing on a computer. He views a crime on a computer through some sort of uh, video service, and Sasha Gray is the victim of it. Mm. It is a wild movie. This dude makes crazy-ass movies. I love his movies. Awesome. This and Colossal are also two wild movies to just get back and watch. Nice, I, I want to see Colossal. I haven't yet. It is a trip. I don't want to spoil anything, but it is not the movie you ever think it is. Okay, okay. But I've also seen, like, a ton of commercials for Puka on fucking Hulu. Yeah. And that shit seems weirdly creepy. I had no idea this was his film. Neither did I. I am now wicked more interested in seeing that movie. Yeah, same here. I think I'm, there's a I'm sequel maybe to, to that as yeah, well, Puka? Yeah, like just recently. Yeah, so good on him, man. Mm-hmm. All right, so our cinematographer is Flavio Martinez Labiano. And a really awesome oh, film that he is known for. I'd like to watch someday. I've heard some really good things about it, but that film is The Day of the Beast. Okay. He's also known for the films Dance with the Devil, 2001's film, Bones. Oh, shit. It's like, what a coincidence. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, peek behind the scenes. If we weren't able to do this with you this week, Stephen, Bones was our choice. Oh, sweet. Are you still going to do Bones? Oh, at some point. Yeah, 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 for sure. Absolutely. Yes. It uh, is the tale I, I, of Jimmy Bones, Black is Night and Tough as Stone. I was looking through all the guts and bolts of all of this earlier while I was researching this movie for prepping us, and that was one of the ones that I was like, add that to my watch list. Hell yeah. So um, I, I will try and watch that before you record it. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Some other films of note, he's also known for the films Nonstop and the film The Shallows. All right, editor, we have Jose Luis Romeo. He's known for, believe it or not, an Elijah Wood film as well, Grand Piano. Another fun thriller with John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it set in like a concert hall. Is that true? Yeah. John Cusack is a sniper forcing. Um, it's Elijah, like phone booth, but in a concert yeah, hall. Yeah. It's forcing this <laughs> Elijah player. Elijah Wood is a uh, like classically trained grand pianist who's making his like revival playing. And he's got someone put a mic in his ear and said, basically telling him, hey, I have a gun on you. Play this perfectly or I'll kill you. No pressure. No pressure. Oh, and it's John Cusack who's the sniper and the guy in the uh, in his ear. I've seen way too many John Cusack. Movies. All right. I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> Big fan. That's awesome, man. All right. Two other films of note are The Damned and The Debt for Jose. All right. The music was composed by Eugenio Mira, and he's known for the films The Birthday, Agnosia, and Veronica. Veronica's very intense if I, yeah. it's the movie i'm thinking of it's like a three hour long wow movie and if i'm remembering it it's it's like mostly entirely a single cut i know i had to watch it in a couple different chunks uh, if i'm thinking of the correct movie but oof uh, it was nice, great man. all right we have special effects teams plan nine effects they help with the makeup effects mentopia visual effects they help with the digital effects fx team and telson they help with digital post-production Produced by Fernando Boveria. 
Jose Luis Cuerda and production companies were Carbo Vantas Entertainment, Fine Production, Zip Films, and Arsencio Producciones. The distributor was Magnolia Pictures for the 2018 United States theatrical release. The release dates we had September 20th, 2007 here in the States at the Austin Fantastic Fest and October 5th, 2007 in Spain at the Sitges Film Festival. Had a pretty modest budget, actually, $2.6 million estimated, and grossed box office about $556,000. So I don't know what its run was. You know uh, what I mean? I just looked that up because I was curious after seeing that small of a number. And I'm like, well, I could see if this maybe only did like Festival Circuit and then like Independent or something, like little like small theaters. It opened in two theaters. Oh, Ooh, shit. Wow. It was in seven max theaters and only ran on average two and a half weeks per theater. Wow. Okay, so the 55,000... Is actually pretty good. Yeah, that makes a total sense. And, I mean, it's definitely... It's available, though. Like, it's definitely making its money back, I think, in digital streaming. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, because it's still attainable, considering all this time later, too. You know, right. almost 14 years after the fact. So, yeah. All right, this film does have a tagline. You know, I like my taglines. Oh, I right, love this tagline. <laughs> so I've got a trip back in time. From past to crime. Why? <laughs> no, that ain't bad. It could be worse. It's at least not a super generic tagline like we've gotten out of some movies. Now, I'm curious if there was... Do they do Spanish movie taglines? Do they do... like? Because that's obviously yeah, like an American adaptation, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Because the title is uh, Los Cronos... Cronos Criminis. Criminis? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I'm wondering if there was a Spanish... That's a good point. I, I never really considered that. I should that. have looked this up. I was very baked while I watched this. I didn't think of this uh, until just now. Sometimes it's when you say it out loud is when it all comes together. Yeah. I have no idea. That might be something we have to look into in the future. I uh, could Google it at some point. Or, <laughs> or if there's a listener out there, you can send me a tweet. If you can find me on Twitter, I'm not going to give you my handle. <laughs> Guess. Until later. Maybe. Maybe. Depends if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've got the cool. uh, the cast. It's just a, a, a short cast, but a really good cast, in my opinion. All right, and we're going to start off with Cara Elejalde, and he plays the role of Hector. Now, a couple of films of note. He was known for the films Le Madre Merta. He's also known for a Javier Bardem film, Beautiful, which I've actually seen. It's a really good film. He was also in the film Even the Rain and a film entitled 100 Meters. All right, we have Candela Fernanda. She plays the role of Clara, who is the wife of Hector in the film. And I think she's more known for like a lot of Spanish television. Most of all these other people I'm about to mention are mostly known for Spanish, like yeah, the, film and or TV. The cast was uh, there was a lot of Spanish stuff that I just was completely. I have with. yeah, and that's why I didn't really write anything down. It's like unless you specifically watch Spanish, I don't know what I mean like. You know, Latin American or Mexican Spanish. I mean, Spain Spanish. <laughs> yeah. So as I'm saying, forgive me if I didn't leave any any notes there. But <laughs> moving forward, we have uh, Barbara Goenega. She plays the role of woman in the forest in the film. We have our director and writer, Nacho Vigalondo. He plays the scientist. And last but not least, we have Juan Enciarte. He plays the occasional Hector in the film. And we'll kind of mention that a little bit later on. But that yeah, rounds out. 
our cast and crew. Occasional Hector. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like that. There's, and I think there's there's technically a <laughs> sixth person who's unbilled. Plays a. I, I was looking this up on a different uh, movie database. They do the radio announcer before mm. that Blondie song plays that you okay. hear a Makes couple times. Yeah. And they are known for doing a lot of Spanish radio and Spanish TV shows, if nice. I remember correctly. Especially ones right before Blondie songs come on. Apparently. Which, great song. Love the use in this mm-hmm. movie. Awesome. Yeah, that runs out cast and crew. I know you gave us a setup. Yeah, we do have to give you some warnings, yeah. The boobies. There are some boobies. A couple times, but it's yeah. the same boobies. It's the same boobies. We see her totally naked, don't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. For the most part, yeah. 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 Language. Yes. There's bits of blood here and there. There's Yeah, there's blood. I guess technically violence, though it's like a scene. Yeah. And it's also, I felt, definitely very timidly violent, if it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I will say just overall tone-wise, especially once you get to the end of the movie, it's very bleak feeling. But yes. we can expand upon that in our next section. But I, it's enough that maybe it's a warning? I don't know. Is that a warning? Bleak? Is that a warning? <laughs> it's not a bad thing to mention. <laughs> it's sometimes appreciated. Maybe um, you don't want to watch a bleak movie. Yeah. Right now. And it's time crimes. Time crimes. That's all I got. Did, did we miss anything? That's like, there's not many warnings for this movie. Uh, well, there's some, you do see the, there's that third act reveal or the third act thing. That's kind of gruesome, but I don't know how you would describe oh, that. Oh, yeah. Okay. One instance of a gruesome slash disturbing image. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, we'll, we'll definitely talk oh, yeah. about it, but yeah. But it's also like on the scale of stuff uh, that you've covered very very low so <laughs> and it's also like two seconds of this movie yeah blink and sorry but also i thought it looked really it good looked really good we'll talk about that in a second in fact let's just go into that section after uh this short break how does that make you squeal time crimes is such a dope name for a movie just gonna throw that out there also Every time I thought of it this week also made me think of Queensryche's Operation Mindcrime, which I don't mind being reminded of. I like that album quite a bit. Nice. <laughs> Apparently, I saw this bit of information. Nacho, I cannot remember how to pronounce his last name. I am too baked. Director? Yes, the director. Uh, Vigalondo. <laughs> Vigalondo, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Nacho Vigalondo um, uh, was inspired by a Marvel comic and a specific series of it that I don't remember, but it's something like... 2022 or something it's actually uh it's a british comic series which future shock 2000 ad which is like where judge dread got his start this is based partially off of a one-off that alan moore of watchmen fame did with dave gibbons who he also worked with on watchmen called chronocops thank you for having thank you for having all that information for me because i had it somewhere in the recesses of my brain but there's a haze there now (laughs) A super silver haze? It is silver as fuck. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing, and I'm going to have to read that. I've actually possibly read that. I did start going through a ton of the old 2080 Future Shock stuff a while ago, and I don't remember what I got up to, because I was literally going chronologically through all of it. Which, by the looks of it, when I was just trying to figure out what it was, there's a ton. But it's also like... 
all of the British comic book authors you've heard of had some of their early stories in it. Which, like, I just need to. I just need to get through all of it, because that's the good stuff. Plus Judge Dredd. Exactly. Actually, a lot of the other stories were really fucking good, too, but Judge Dredd, seriously. Exactly. Dredd. Come on. Anyway, time crimes. Time crimes. Yes, time crimes. Operation Time Crimes. Okay, so you said that this was a recommendation from a friend, right? Oh, yes. So I I brought this movie because, one, this movie is the movie that I have always wanted to exist. I have at points tried to make this movie because I'm a sucker for time travel movie. And the time travel elements of this and how they do this is just chef kiss beautiful to me. Because it's just, it's what I've always wanted. And so I just need more people to see it. And I love the horror thriller elements injected into it to try and keep him on his timeline type thing that is just totally my bag but yeah this movie's great and i just want people more more people to see it because i love it well you succeeded in getting one more to see it because this is my first time with it danny i think you said you had seen it before right yeah i can't remember how long ago it was probably two years ago maybe at the most yeah mine had to have been around 2012 ish 2013 14. Yeah, I think I caught this on Shutter, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm. yeah. So with my first time through it, I dig it. It was fucking great. Nice. Um, oh, awesome. This movie set itself up for a fucking challenge because when you're watching a time travel movie, and time is in the name, so time travel being in it isn't a surprise. And then you see somebody who you can't see their face, you go, "Oh, that's my main character." How are they going to make this interesting now that I already know it's him because I've watched fucking movies before in my life? <laughs> and they made it interesting. It was awesome. Like, it was cool. And, yeah, I'll think of better ways to say how much I liked it in a second here. But, yeah, that's that's what I thought. Short version, anyway. <laughs> I guess we'll address the thriller of it all. Not that we haven't done thrillers in the past, but we do tend to focus more on the horror side. There's like eight different times you could just turn this into a horror movie with just the slightest alteration that, like, this counts. And, like, this whole section is how does it make you squeal. Honestly, thrillers tend to make me, like, on the edge of my seat a little bit more than horror movies anyway, so I don't know. But where do you guys feel like the line comes down on those anyway? Having now watched this movie three times in the last week, I was apprehensive to bring it to the table in that this is Fright's Worms, horror movies. It's talking about horror movies and smoking weed, and and that's great. So I was a little bit, I don't know, man, is this going to be enough? But I was watching this this afternoon while I was rolling some J's, and it just was like, at a couple points, I'm just like watching, and it's like, oh, God. It got me, and I've seen this movie now a lot in the last week and i just yeah no i I enjoy it i don't think it's terrifying but it's uh it definitely it's a fun watch Mm -hmm. yeah i would definitely say just the idea and concept of interacting with the unknown and you know you're you're stuck in something that you're unaware of and then when you are there's another you know cycle that repeats so what I'm getting at is in nature, it's already kind of a horrific feeling of dread and tension. And you know what I mean? It's like there's a, a hurriedness to it. So that, I think, idea alone, it also brings about like anxiety and stuff like that. So I think, just, like I said, by nature, it's already horrific, an idea that is. So 
you could argue, yeah, I mean, it's definitely sci-fi. That's what it is. But I think there's enough horror element in it that it, you know, yeah. it checks the boxes. I think there's also a hidden horror movie in this. Beyond just like the anxiety and the dread that, you know, if you're empathizing or along or sympathizing or however the right word is, along with the main <laughs> character as, as Hector becomes two and three and all the events that happen with that. The Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead of this movie is the girl on the bicycle. And if you think of her storyline in this movie, it's a fucking horror movie. <laughs> yeah, it really is. hundred percent. A hundred percent. She, oof, she gets it way too many times in this movie. And it's just, she's just such an innocent bystander. And it's so, so unfortunate. I almost felt like at times you could say like her storyline is maybe adjacent to a slasher film. Close. Yeah. yeah. Which I feel this movie definitely is playing a lot of cards from that same deck. You have a masked man who literally slashes another figure and is trying to basically and stalking him through the woods <laughs> and yeah. toying with him and has like weird insight to their knowledge and what they're planning to do and is almost supernaturally incited to their abilities and stuff. That's a mindfuck. So it definitely, I feel like it's definitely, definitely plays into that, that deck of uh, slasher movies, if you ask me. All right. I just got done saying like, yeah, if you've seen fucking time travel movies, then you <laughs> already know that that's your fucking protagonist under that hood or the bandages, not a hood. But the movie still fucks with you because then you wonder, why is he acting like this? Exactly, man. What's going on? What's going on? What could change a person so much to do this? And in the first part of the movie, you got Nacho himself seeming like he's acting sinister as fuck. He's shady as shit if you don't know what's going on. Once you know what's going on, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah, once you get the full picture, this movie is just like really, really sad and just like... And also really funny. And really funny. Yeah, I agree with that, too. But until you don't, it is just tense and sad and bleak, but, like, really fucking fraught. Yeah. Yeah. God, how do we lay out what happens in this movie? Should we lay it out? Should we go scene by scene? I feel like you have to. But also, I feel like I just want to say go watch this movie. Because if you... It's a time travel movie. If that's... Also, if you're like me, that's not going to stop you. But if you're like me, please just go watch this movie because you're going to enjoy it. It's really fucking good. If you're like me, you're going to enjoy this type of thing. But it's a time travel movie, so we're going to have to talk about some stuff that gives away some things. So just go watch the movie. But also, yeah. Yeah. So we'll lay out the skeleton so that it makes sense because... Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going yeah. on. I've had to pitch time travel movies to a group of people and nobody understands that, so we don't have to try that hard. Nobody's going to understand it either way. Right. Hector, is it a new place? Is, that, is he just moving in? It looks like in? they're like renovating a home. It's, un, it's unknown. Renovating. It, it, they're definitely renovating. It definitely seems like their dialogue while they're outside, uh, it seems like they're almost new to the area. It seems like they might be moving into this, but they're definitely renovating this house is the short of it. Maybe they've already been there for like a month. But yeah. they're like, yeah, we don't want it like this. Time to renovate. Right. Anyway, dude's lazy as shit, hanging out around the house, deciding to just spy up and down place with his fucking binoculars. Oh, sorry. Before we even get to that, I need to just talk about his introduction as a character. Because oh, my gosh. 
the it starts with just a cityscape scene and just you, you see commuters and, and traffic and stuff and then he's pulling and it's gradually countryside and moving to this new house that they're renovating and then you just see like a slow camera tracking through a tr- just a mess of trash and you catch up to it as it's all pouring out of the back of his car and it's very like very much just like okay what the fuck is going on here it's such a weird intro to this character then you get to meet him and then he's just a weird guy with binoculars in this house. Sorry. But it was such an interesting way yeah. to introduce him. I, I, was, agree. I agree. I was expecting it to turn so immediately dark. And then it's just like, oh, his his trunk just opened. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Life. Got it. He's chilling with the wife, hanging out in the backyard, just peeping the countryside through his binoculars. Bird watching. Yeah. Whatever. Sees a chick take her top off. Gets all confused by what the fuck just happened. Thinks he sees some other movement, but doesn't really get a chance to follow up on it too well. Then is it the weird phone call? I know the weird phone call is before oh, they okay. go outside, actually, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I don't fucking remember. There's a phone call in there, but then his wife goes shopping. Does he go out to check the place where the chick was? Yeah, he's going to investigate. He goes and hops this fence and is trying to figure out what's with this woman just getting naked out here. She's lying there naked. Completely naked at this point. Not just topless. Seemingly unconscious. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, okay, what the fuck is going on here? He's gradually getting closer, trying to figure out the situation, see if she's dead. He gets attacked by a dude with his face wrapped in pink bandages that stabs him in the arm with fucking scissors. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, ah, shit. Time to run. Out of nowhere, just like. Just run. Slash. <laughs> yeah. He breaks into a close-by building, finds a walkie-talkie. It's a laboratory. Starts talking with a scientist. Scientist is like, oh, shit, I can see the dude on the monitors. You got to get to safety. I'm up the hill. Come to me. It's safe. Come to me. Mm-hmm. Trust me. It's out of the way. It'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> Here, hide in this. I'll jump in in a second. Oh, no. Look, I'm not jumping in. Oh, oh, no, no, too late. Time travel. So th- that's the long version of what I already set up at the very beginning of this episode, right? Right. Time travel. Now, here's where things get worse. <laughs> at which point, it's basically, he's explained to, well, basically, he he realizes that he's time traveled. Uh, well, not even really fully time traveled. He just realized something's fucked because he goes outside and it's no longer nighttime, but daytime which would be very fucking unsettling to me if I didn't know I had just time-traveled, and starts talking to the scientist dude and realizes that he's traveled the same day. He's mm-hmm. only traveled back a couple hours um, at this point, and he is basically needing to make sure that his past self stays on the correct timeline or else time will be fucked, and there'll be two of him, which will be very, very bad, and has to uh, just keep... Time going forward. (laughs) Correctly. Correctly. I will say, at first, it's dumb luck he's keeping on the timeline. He doesn't realize he has to keep it the same until he becomes the bandage man. Yes. He, it's it's very graphical. He's like, well, the scientist is explaining that, like, you have to do this. You have to get back into the tank. You have to, well, you have to get, that guy has to get back into the tank or else things are bad. 
and is trying to explain this to him. And Hector's just like, I don't fucking care. That guy's with my wife. Yeah. He, he's with my wife. My wife. <laughs> At which point he then calls his house and hangs up on himself, which is the weird call that Hector had gotten earlier in the day. Um, so that's one of the first spots where I was like, here's an easy place to turn it into a pure horror movie. The call happens. He realizes what's happening because he remembers the phone call. But then he hears something else happen that didn't happen. That's how close this is to being a horror movie the entire time. Like, Oh, yeah. They could easily turn this at any point. Mm-hmm. Super hardcore horror. That's when the scientist is like, look, I can't fucking chain you up, but you need to stick around here so we can get this shit done. And of course, as soon as the scientist out of the room, Hector's like, I'm getting the fuck home. Peace. Yeah, he gets the keys and then he drives off in the car. Yeah, steals a car. What? Okay, motherfucking Hector is just a... I understand he got stabbed, so he's trying to get away. But also, mind your own business, Hector. First pace, let that lady just be naked. Don't go bother her. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go jumping fences into private property to see this nude woman. Don't be a perv like that. Because this dude just, like, then breaks into another building, steals a car. Man, he threw that, like... What is it, like some block or whatever it was, just chunked it through that glass. I'm like, what? Do you, who does that? With the worst little shot put, just the <laughs> like, just like that such a, just a casual shot put. Just oh, I'm gonna open this. Didn't even check doors. And <laughs> I didn't remember seeing him check any doors. He just opened it. Although that could just be a big ass door that I don't I understand. I want this to be open. <laughs> Hector has some some. I, I'm I'm suspect yeah, of his of his uh, his <laughs> morals. I guess that's some questionable choices he's doing there. That's some tasty choices. <laughs> While driving, he notices the girl on the bike, recognizes her, like pulls over, like what the fuck's that's the fucking girl who oh I just saw naked like in the future, but later and in the past, rear-ended off the road. Face fucked up. This is where he's like, oh, I'm Bandage Man. But that means I have to keep shit the same. This part of the movie, I thought it was fucking funny as shit. Him trying to make sure that everything is happening right. Yeah. Also, another point that this movie could very easily go hardcore horror is when he's taking off the bandage from his arm wound and putting it onto his face. And you see this weird fizzing white liquid pour out of him, a pinkish white liquid that one like they could lean into that and turn him into some sort of like as this movie progresses they could lean into the body horror and like oh yeah the tra- like transform him through time travel and really really fuck him up and they could have leaned into that mm-hmm. give him a reason to wear the bandages more so than just right. like a literal reason to wear the bandages so he's he kind of knows what he has to do and goes oh, to try to gosh. convince the girl to go get naked in the fucking woods <laughs> And she's not having it. Which, I mean, good for her. Yeah, smart choice <laughs> but to also, resist that. How do you explain that, though? Like, if you're in his position. I mean, I would at least try it first. Yeah, because he doesn't like, try he very does, hard. He doesn't try at all. He does not say anything. It's like, I would say, okay, this is going to sound crazy. I'm going to need you to follow me out to the woods. I can't explain why. I honestly can't explain why. But I'm going to need you to do this for me. I'm going to need you to go out to the woods I'm going to look away. You're going to take off your top. I'm going to keep looking away. You're going to put your top back on. That's all. And then I just need you to go lay down naked over here. Yeah. 
don't respond if anybody comes up to you. Play they dead. will be gone extremely quickly. Nothing will happen to you. I guess I will have seen you, but I already saw it, so it's, it already happened, so it's not a big deal. But also, I can't explain it. So, And then I would resort to forcing her. But I would at least explain <laughs> before I do all of this. Because you're going to have to, because she's not going to think you're crazy. She's going to think you're insane, no matter what you do. So I understand him not explaining, but I would try. I, me. Especially with the pink. Oh, yes, which I forget that he's wearing the bandage throughout this whole the yeah. second Hector is always bandaged, basically, at that point. Mm-hmm. At which point, I guess they meet up with Hector 1. Right, well, because she runs away and he accidentally knocks her out, which is how she ended up. And he's like, I have to replicate this, so I'm going to get her naked. That's what I got to do. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then scurries out of there just let, just in the nick of time for Hector 1 to show up and discover this all. You get to see more so him kind of hesitantly, like, apprehensively. Uh-huh. I don't want to stab myself, but I got to. And which then into the chase. <laughs> the, which is really the funniest funny. part really of the movie fun. with him trying to replicate the turnaround jump scare. That was really yes. funny, man. Which was amazing. Wait, okay. That's going to be a good little place to loop back for a second there, though. When Hector 1 was first trying to see the bandaged man coming after him in the woods who is trying to survey a scene and try to find out who's coming after you by coming around a tree already looking through your binoculars and narrowing your field of vision to like nothing what i'm getting at is hector's dumb oh hector is not a bright person i don't think he's as dumbest as hector too I think Hector needs a couple a couple tries to understand things. I think a third time's the charm. Yeah. But how are you supposed to see somebody who... If all I can see is like five degrees of vision every time Jeez, I'm fucking man, coming out yeah. from behind that tree... You're getting stabbed by that bandage. Yeah, I'm getting... Yeah, you're getting stabbed by fucking bandage man. But also bandage man is not that great. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ha- Given who it is. <laughs> like, understandably, he's not going to try and kill him. Right, 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 right. But, like, (laughs) from Hector 1's standpoint, he could have easily been killed by Hector 2 at any point. So. Hector 2, dude. Fight Hector 2 versus Hector 1, Hector 2 all day. All all day long, yeah. Without a doubt. All day long. Could have slit his throat right when he got him. Stabbed in the arm. Game over. (laughs) Which, that knife wound, yeah, it's fun. Oh, that's when Hector 2 goes home. Right. Yes. Which He sees the lights go on because mm-hmm. he, he hears the scream. He returns to the woman. She's gone. And then he sees the house lights come on. And then he goes back in the house. And See it starts that series on. of events. Yeah. And it's still playing off the like slasher vibes here, but from the other viewpoint. Now it's like we're watching the slasher, but we know what his actual intent is. Yeah. But from the wife's <laughs> viewpoint, or what he thinks is the wife's viewpoint, it's total slasher movie. And chase Result. inside your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mass murderer trying to chase down this young girl. Pretty end of Halloween-y, really. Yeah. Random house with a lot of reconstruction. Yeah. He thinks wife fall and go boom. <laughs> yeah, he basically trying to stop the girl from calling the police, trying to prevent them from... that's. 
his motives is basically trying to get them from fucking up the timeline. Mm-hmm. And in the process, they're trying to escape, and one of them fucking goes off the roof. Hardcore. And he sees basically a, a woman who you get flashbacks of uh, the his wife leaving for the store in the early in the movie, dressing in the coat, in the same coat that this woman who has just the a really fucking twisted neck. Oof. Um, that was some good effects. Yeah. That looked good. Yeah. And just like a horrified face. And now Hector is just like putting two and two together that his wife was back and that was uh, who was in the house and she's dead. And, okay, time to go back and make sure Hector gets into the time machine, and I'll, also, I'm going to hop in, too. And that's what happens. Yeah, he drives back up to the silo, so yeah, he can get Hector one back in. He needs to keep the timeline moving forward, so he keeps everything. So he's on the—he uh, calls the scientists at one point yep. and is basically keeping everything moving. Right. His exchanges with the scientist in this section before he gets back in and everything— explain why if you were paying a lot of attention to the things the scientists were saying earlier why some of them made no fucking sense i can see him where are you oh we got monitors everywhere where are you at oh yeah no he's on the other side <laughs> just calling it like just saying anything i need you to run <laughs> you gotta get here just fucking with him entirely yeah because this whole sequence you realize that like when hector one ran terrified to the silo there wasn't anyone behind him. He was uh, just casually strolling up the hill so that he could go wait outside for him to jump in and be done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just trying to. Yeah, he strolls up. up in a car. Hector's like definitely in the first time you see it. Hector thinks he is right behind him. Oh yeah. They turn off the lights. He's he's on foot. He's chasing him. Why does Hector never question the fact that there's a car now? Where did he get this car? Yeah, Hector's not a smart guy. Hector is a dummy. <laughs> Once he goes, Hector corners the scientist, and he's like, I got to go back one more time. Right. That's right. So he's basically like, okay, I got one more thing to change. Don't worry. I'm not going to fuck with anything else. My change won't even deal with anything with that. It's completely unrelated. So you're definitely going to help me search for this battery. And if you don't, I will destroy this place and ruin your life. Oh, and also probably hit you with this crowbar, which, fuck, that, that, that... that was one of the most realistic crowbar hits I've ever seen. It's like, damn. Oof. Ah, it hurt. That's one of the ones that got me. It was like, oof. I felt that every time I saw it. Because, so like, I've been hit by, like, hard things in real life. Things don't react the way you see in the movies most of the time with, like, heightened action violence. This was just, like, whack. Oh. Yeah, why was a level of uh, level of grounded realism to it that I was just like, "Oh, fuck me, Hector, you are I get it. You lost your wife. I am sorry. That is a touch much." But this was the cool part and this is where like it got interesting and I realized how much I had missed because you get how do you know all this because Hector 3 told me. I'm like, "Oh, they showed him setting up everything except there was other things we didn't see." Like, why was, <laughs> in the very beginning, the fucking other trash can knocked over? Yeah, there was, like, leaving little clues throughout the film and also, early on who, as well. who crashed into him? him. Random other little things. It's like shit that's just like, why did that happen? Where they were giving you so much detail on him putting those other things right, I didn't even think about that other shit. I'm like, oh, yeah, this was something else. Oh, yeah, <laughs> this was something else. 
and they hadn't shown me yet. Yeah, like the fact that Hector 2's just straight up in a fucking car accident and the timeline <laughs> still moves forward. Yeah. There were so many other things consequentially that should have not gone unnoticed, but are so successfully just like smoothly put in there. I'm on the fence. I kind of wish that the movie wouldn't have actually stopped and showed you the freeze frame and they would have made you go back and rewatch it. But like the arms there the first time through, if you're watching, you see Hector 3's arm hanging nice. out in the fucking oh, background. Wow. I love that bit. There's one other thing that you can notice if you're paying attention. There's a couple other things The like golf cart is there and then it disappears at the right time from being outside the silo and you see nacho do the check to see it drive by it's just that the camera's at a different angle so you don't actually see the cart come down gotcha see it's little shit like that throughout this movie that i'm just like so happy it exists it's such small attention to detail in a time travel movie that is so grandiose and so easy to be skipped over that i was like this does it well basically there's three vehicles that move positions at different times in the movies there's the bike there's the black or four vehicles i guess oh, but yeah. the, the the red the, one only really is involved in the, the in crash the yeah it's basically that's hector three's only vehicle that he uses for the most well he uses mm-hmm. the golf cart to get from the silo to the house but then he realizes the gate is still closed so he has to go back and <laughs> keep things moving but like um, the golf cart and the black rig are the ones that appear and disappear at the right times in the background if you're paying attention nice the other ones aren't in places where they would really show up in the background you do see like the it, bike's in the right place at the right time you do see but, relatively if you're paying enough attention it's not 100% definitely the same thing, but it's probably the same thing that they used the same red van for the crash for the Hector 2. Mm-hmm. So that you do see that there, but I don't think it's noticeably noticeable. It's not like, there's this van, notice it. But it, I think it's the same level. Mm-hmm. Hector 3. Yeah. It follows through all the ways that he fucked up, but or didn't fuck up. This is where it gets bleak. Hector yeah. 3 has too much knowledge of his situation, H- and Hector he realizes that he's what a slave to, to... done. Yeah. And he's just, well, gonna do it and just get it done. I don't like it, I don't want to, but I'm gonna do it because it needs to get done. Exactly. So I can stop and go to sleep. And I guess the easy way to say is that he does everything you didn't see previously, already gets set up but the big thing is you come around to the end and you find out what happened to the wife yes good news for her (laughs) wife's alive great news for the wife but with that comes some bad news who died well (laughs) well thanks to bicycle girl trusting hector three after only seeing him as a fucking beat the face the fuck up after another fucking car crash old man (laughs) he's like hey girl he's after you you need to hide yourself how about you cut your hair and throw on this other person's clothes and maybe you can run out of here alive yeah it's completely fucked he basically finds her and tricks her into looking like his wife and basically (laughs) it's like hey um someone's gotta die it ain't gonna be my wife so i know you're here at this rock that i left you at unconscious Let's go pick you up and trick you back to the house, take her inside, 
sets up the whole inside, gets her to go where she needs staging of all of that, trying to basically avoid Hector two in the right way to get her to play along without being suspicious, gets her to cut her, cutting the hair was such a smooth move that I was just like, Oh my God, that's like, like that's a, a floored me. It was such a good detail that I was like, okay, yeah, that's a, and also definitely makes Makes Hector the fucking full-on villain, in my opinion. When he does that and commits to killing her, it's oh, just yeah. like, you just see him full-on become a villain. Just setting things in motion. Which, like, at which point, was he setting things in motion or keeping them in motion? Well, yeah, for, for sure. This is, Making uh... Making sure they stay in motion, yeah. Maybe one of the, the few time travel movies I've seen where they do a good, stable, causal loop where future event is the cause of a past event which is the cause of a future event yeah it's like a, a bootstrapping paradox within a just but a, because a it's, time loop type thing yeah it's what did i see it described as uh ontological paradox the movie <laughs> <laughs> did we skip anything is my question in the story because i'm feeling like we might have missed anything no i mean because there's so much going on. The only thing that really happens in between all of that is how he meets up with his wife inside the home. Yeah, that part, that scene of him taking her downstairs and taking her to the uh, shed yep. right next to where the body fucking falls. And then after that happens... He... Um, and, and locking her in there and then setting it all up. And, yes. And basically tricking the... Uh, is it Clara, the, the woman in the woods? Or is that his wife? No, no, that's his wife. So um, it's just the woman in the woods. That's all she's known as. Yeah. So she, man, she is definitely, she gets set up. And, and you understand uh, why the series of events happened in the second act, as it were. Yeah, and you're like, wow. And she's just a completely innocent bystander. Right, right, right. Like, like she's in the grand stuck scheme in that things, horror film, like just, Tyler's there. <laughs> she's riding her bike. She's just riding her bike home. That's all. She was cutting someone's hair. Yeah. And just a complete innocent bystander. And Hector happens to see her on the road. And recognizes her. That's it. Horrifying. Right. So the way the loop works, the stable time loop, Hector three is the one that gets everything started in the first place by attacking Hector one. But Hector three, but Hector one has to have gone back in time to create Hector three. I thought Hector two was the one who attacks Hector one. Oh, yeah, that's right. But oh. Hector 3 gets things started. That's what I've That's seen it explained. Like. <laughs> Hector 3 came through. out before Hector 2, slightly right. like 30 seconds, 40 yeah, 30 seconds, seconds before. And just like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he comes out and basically just like, hey, listen to me. You got to listen to me. Slap you. Listen to me. I understand you weren't expecting someone to come out of this time machine, but we got shit to do. Hector 2 is about to come out. Explain it all. Keep him calm. Get him on where he needs to go. But. I need to get to the house first. Keep him busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so he does He does set everything off by uh, fucking everything up. Yeah. It's uh, fun. <laughs> Say it that way. Fucking time paradoxes are crazy. I love them. I love them so much. Another easy way for this to have become a straight-on horror movie is if... In the end, Hector 3 goes through one more time and ends up re-becoming Hector 1 in some weird time traveling way. So now he's stuck in a forever loop. So wait, it's Hector 3 who's the last Hector standing. Mm-hmm. And Hector 2 is a reflection of a reflection. 
in that Hector one is a reflection of Hector two and Hector two is a reflection of Hector three, which is, a... so my question is we hear sirens coming. We'd get no resolution really onto that. What do you guys think happens to Hector three? Who's now it's the, he's the last Hector standing at that point to our understanding. Cops are coming. There's a dead body. I witness to a masked murderer who isn't her husband. Does he get away with it? I think the only way he might get away with it is because of how much other crazy evidence is strewn throughout the area that they wouldn't be able to make fit the timeline because yeah. it doesn't without time travel. Because, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's clearly at least two other people doing this, but it's one person doing it. So, we, like, you got away with murder. Maybe. Maybe. Theoretically. Maybe not. Maybe I not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you could you could argue that he might have an alibi because of his wife and things of that nature. But because he does, does take her to, but he, but he, I don't know, he does take her to the uh, closet and locks her out. But he could easily just pin it like like I was trying to protect you from this guy that was stalking you and stalking us. La, La Rosa Mummy. What what, what mm-hmm. did we call him? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the Pink Mummy. The Pink Mummy. Yes, I love that. That was very good. Yeah, and then like. I don't know, even if they do start to take him down for it, does his story make enough sense that they look into the silo and the time machine? Do they dismiss him as being crazy and never look into it? Do they find out about the time travel? Yeah. That's a great question. question. Also, like, what the fuck's going on? There's just a random time machine in this random silo in the middle of fucking nowhere? (laughs) Yeah, it was a pretty janky little time machine. (laughs) I thought that was funny, too. Like, just hop in. Just hop in. Just hop in. He won't okay. find you. He'll never think to look in here. Also, like, oh, man, I really but, wish they had leaned into some, like, either Cronenberg kind of, like, body horror type stuff with, like, the talking about how he was the first invertebrate, uh, invertebrate yeah. to go through it. And, like, the weird bubbly, fizzy liquid pouring out of him. The white liquid that mm-hmm. fills up this tank that he gets into and has to go through twice. Yeah, it's never explained what that liquid is. There's a lot of weird just, like, science in this that is just like quote unquote science <laughs> that is just explained as it's science don't worry that leaves so much that I would love to see this lean into that like do a fly type of oh, man. Yeah. thing into this not even like necessarily that but like he's but no, you, there's there's avenues you can explore with that <laughs> like science going wrong fucking up his genetics or, or something the more he time travels the more he goes crazy or the version where there ends up being three of him existing at once and he has to hunt the other ones down. So that no one else is left. Or he has to at least kill one of them and then one of them go to prison. Mm-hmm. Which, like, how did, well, that doesn't even work. Cause... <laughs> then there's still two. How do you explain the n- new existence of your two twins that have no birth certificates and uh, your mom doesn't remember? So, I mean, that might be the way to keep you out of jail. Is make sure one of them keeps around, at least. So you can be like... Time travel clones. Plausible deniability? One of us did it. (laughs) We're not going to say which one. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, God, this movie's neat when it wraps around, though. Right? And when you finally, like, oh, oh, there's three. You're right. That's what makes it fun. It makes this story entertaining and engaging. Because you're learning how all this stuff unravels. You know, you're like, damn, that was super clever. So three came out first, and then two, but two still looked like one when he came out. Mm-hmm. But then, I'm trying to think, 
fucking time travel movies. I'm trying to think of when certain things appeared or occurred. When the scientist says about the pink mummy, he's like, oh, you were the pink mummy. Oh, I guess that should have occurred to me when, because he saw the fucking busted up face three first. It's very clever. Yeah. He's not good at keeping his story straight. No. <laughs> you can pick apart all the scientist's lines and be like, oh, oh, but that's just some of the really neat writing in this movie. It's just that it's like, oh, he's intentionally having trouble keeping his story straight because he's fucking met the same guy three times today. And he's being told to lie by one of them to one of the other ones of him. Yeah, who's also fucking dude. Scientists at the beginning of the day, he is very trusting and just willing to down to clown, apparently, because he just rolls with this pretty quickly. (laughs) Although that said, he was not expecting anyone to come out of this time machine at any point. Right. Probably pretty fucking fabriglass. You know, he makes mention, too. He's not even really supposed to be there in the first place, so... Which, yeah, he was turning it on. not even supposed to be here today. Just turned it on because he wants to see it. Wants to know that it turns on. Because he won't be there when they turn it on. Which, like, is it supposed to be a time machine is my question? Yes. Actually, one of the computer panels mentions that it is, like, uh, the layout for the time machine. Gotcha. So, okay, so then, like... What the fuck does he is he gonna do then just by turning it on? I gotta see this puppy kick. That's like turning on a PS Five to see the home screen. Yeah, yeah. I just gotta see that. I gotta see that I, logo come up for ooh, a second. Oh yeah. Hey. I don't have any games to play yet, but I got it. Turned it on. Got to see the startup. <laughs> Unless he's sending something back. Yeah. Which, I mean, he knows that invertebrates have been through it. Yes. But also, by the setup of it, like, the tank's empty in the morning, and it just needs to be on. It doesn't need to be full to, I guess, receive, from my understanding. That's me just making some logic jumps on this. But, like, because then he has to, like, at the end of the day, fill it all up with this white liquid. Right. The liquid seems necessary for sending, but only the machine is necessary for receiving. Yeah. So, I guess turning it on would in the morning wouldn't be that of a deal it would be the same as just like turn it on to receive anything i guess well maybe I, I feel like maybe he was expecting to see something when he turned it on but i think he was expecting to see like a slug or a paper clip or some shit he puts in the tank later that night yeah because he's planning on probably sending something back to just like test it and when it's a human he's like what the fuck did i do what was i smoking <laughs> How did I fuck up this bad? <laughs> a person. Who are you and what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, that has some serious questions that come along with it. Because he was probably like, look, <laughs> yeah, red swing line stapler. Exactly. <laughs> and instead simple. it's beat up dude. Whole ass dude. Just, did he just slap me? <laughs> that's funny, man. That's what he gets. I don't know. It was fucking neat. This is an amazing time travel movie fuck right. time travel half the time and see like that's my thing it's like i love time travel i'll watch any time travel movie but i've seen so many bad pieces of shit and this is one just like a good time travel movie that does it well in my opinion and it also has enough of like a random little horror elements that is just so in- intriguing and so enticing to me that I'm just like i could show this to my friends of horror and they'll be into it. And I know they'll enjoy it, even if they're not necessarily into the sci-fi end of uh, mm-hmm. stuff. 
a lot of time travel movies don't fill it in enough so that you have to make guesses about what kind of time travel they're doing. This one, you're like, oh, it's one universe. There's like, no, there's no like multiple timeline type things. It's just like this guy. one timeline. This guy got in that machine and he came out of that same machine like an hour and a half earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is going on with him? And that's all like, that's, I, I think they do say at one point it's only like a, an hour and yeah, a half. An hour and a half. I kind of felt like it had to have been a little bit more time, but I maybe not. But. Yeah. I feel like it did. Based on the amount of daylight and stuff they get done, I feel like that felt like two and a half hours. Yeah. Maybe. That's a lot. I was thinking more like, like four, but... See somebody in the woods, get attacked, run up to a silo, hide out. You get knocked out a couple times in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fucking, he's got to have shit. a concussion. Yeah. Two car accidents? Yeah. Because he was... In, he hit himself. <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, two accidents. <laughs> He got hit by a car, and then he also hit a car at the same time. And he was falling on shit before that. Oh, like yeah. Like, that motherfucker fell over every fence he went over. He gets yeah. fucked up in this. He has some Wild good... I like, it. I like the makeup effects on him, especially when he, like, takes off the bandages, and he's, like, talking oh, yeah. to the scientist, and he's just... You see that gash on his oh, face, yeah. and he's all That's bruised really and battered. I really like that. I was like, this looks good. This is, this is cool. No, they definitely did a good job with that. That's for sure. God, yeah, and I don't know, like I said, a lot of them leave a lot of questions. This one, you know how it happened. It makes sense at the end of the day. Yeah, my only question is what happens next. Yeah. Which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like, I want more, which is, in my opinion, a great fucking way to end a movie. Mm Mm-hmm. God, I don't know. We've already said watch it a few times, but fuck it, watch it. Yeah. I watched it on Canopy, which is like a Netflix for libraries. Yeah, it's pretty nice. I just recently... Took a look into that. Yeah, and you get like five movies, I think, a month. Yeah. yeah. You check out, and it's got a nice little catalog. Yeah. And like, I've seen a couple of movies that you guys have done on there that I'm like, oh, I'm going yeah, to watch that. Yeah, I would through other means, but you know. Which is also fine. <laughs> just, just go watch this movie. Yeah. If you got the money, pay for it. Yeah. I agree, man. I like this one too. The little bit of extended notes that I wrote down yeah, kind of ties back into what you were saying earlier with like the casual loop and all that good stuff. Is I read a really interesting article this guy wrote about predestination time paradox. And it's basically stating it's something that we've already talked about, but it's a convention in science fiction, right? So it says this is when the time traveler is caught in a loop of events that predestines or predates them traveling back in time. So that means. The time traveler is in the past, which means they were in the past before, which we learned as well. Therefore, their presence is vital to the future. Keeps those things going, right? And they do something that causes the future to occur in the same way that their knowledge of the future has already happened. So it's like, that's pretty interesting, man. It's, it's also pretty deep because there are so many different time paradoxes and ways that you can try to tackle time, travel, what have you, and stuff like this. But this film does a good job of wrapping itself and... Still leaving you with, you know, certain questions, but still letting you know everything that you saw has a purpose, has a meaning. And, you know, there's nothing like I feel like that was left out. So that's one of the things I love about time travel movies is that it, they take the Chekhov's gun writing premise and just like really just like hammer it to the fucking core tenet of everything. It's like, well, if we have it in here, it better fucking be involved in this time loop because it's already complicated enough. So everything is important, but also it, they've done it in a way that obscures parts of it. 
importance until you find it. I guess what it would come down to to me is like this time travel was well enough done that the movie ended up reminding me of One Cut of the Dead. Mm. Where you see something happen and then the rest of the movie is you being shown how it was made to happen. Yeah, it is so clever and it takes really good writing and good thinking and foresight and you know it, just, it could be really fucked up in the wrong hands, you know, if you're not really paying attention to detail and that's what this film is. I would be very curious to know how long the filming process was on this. That's a good point. Um uh, probably just like out of curiosity. Even like the pre-production, just getting everything storyboarded and that too would be lined very up curious. and all that stuff, you know. And then also the edit, I imagine, oh, just making man. sure everything lines up and ha- making sure you have things going in the right sequential order would be. That's vital. It's vital. It's vital to the storytelling. Yeah. So. And I yeah, any of that doesn't line up at, at one point, it's gonna all fall apart at a, another. And I think they 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 did that very incredibly well. Uh, there were times, and you've already mentioned his name, David Cronenberg. <laughs> he made me feel like I was looking at the Spanish Decker, mm. you know, with his pair of scissors and his kind of cloaked face, almost all, yeah, like a little bit of the Invisible Man as well. Oh yeah, I definitely you know, see that. a little touch of that. So I think there's some interesting nods once again, you know, some clever little ways of putting that in this story, but. Yeah, it's just a fun film. Overall, really fun film. I know we've hit it home, I don't know how many times, but especially with time travel and science fiction in general. There is a part of me that wants like an after credits scene in this movie to lead into just like a pure horror sequel where fucking the scientist boots up the machine one more time and it's fucking Hector 4 who crawls out looking like fucking Pinhead grabs the t- scientist <laughs> like now it's your turn throws him into the machine and then that's the goes yes <laughs> uh, i love the idea of a sequel that is just hector four you find out that he went through a fourth time and that's the whole sequel you, you see the fourth loop which how you work that in into the first three loops but also then he's just like at that point just like a full-on murderer <laughs> hector four Hector for the murder mummy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh, or basically, he just creates a paradox where he just, there's two of them. Mm-hmm. He goes and on. He's just pinning everything on him. Yes. Oh, I like that. I, I would watch that. Or he tries to Gemini it. Oh, dude. Yeah, that's pretty heavy. That was that was a fun film. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think if I have anything else to say about time crimes. You guys got anything else on time crimes? It was a good time. Yeah. It wasn't a crime. I will say I think the middle act of it is a little long at points. That's my only complaint if I had to have any of them. But also, what else are you going to do? It's a fucking time travel movie. you got to fit some of that shit in there. That's only because I've watched it three times in the last week and I've seen it a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was just like, okay, Hector 2's loop is a little strung out. You could have sped this up a little bit for me. I like looking back and realizing how much they reinforced the idea of just two of them up until the Hector 3 reveal. Because you even have like the explanation where the scientist knows at this point that there's a Hector 3 by the time he's explaining to it with a diagram. And he even only shows him the dual path. And we see that a couple times in the movie as he runs into it the first time and stuff. 
only to find out that that's of course the three but yeah i mean all of that makes the twist is, better yeah it's always it fun the man yeah oof a doof i am baked as fuck <laughs> That's the whole point, you know. It's <laughs> I, I, I ain't got a problem with it. I'm just uh, just commenting, <laughs> just, just just making note. If I seem incoherent, because I just realized, oh wow, I I feel like I'm not saying anything. That's all I really got on it. Like, there's no hidden meaning. I tried to look for hidden meanings. I don't really think there is. And see, that's what I appreciate about it is that I don't think there is. No, no. Uh, I feel like if any kind of like subtext or hidden meanings there, like would only bog down the story and really not allow it to work as smoothly as it does and have that third act reveal of having Hector there being a third Hector and him having to do what he has to do wouldn't work if there's any other subtext for that. Like it would just kind of negate that. But like, I would be down for that if you leaned into the horror element and really fucking make Hector go full on like, oh, he's just like, oh, I have a time machine. It's okay. I can, I can kill. It's okay. Lean into that like type mm-hmm. of element in the second act. Then you could put in some more subtext or plot for that, but I don't think it's really easy for me. There was a split second the first time through where I was like, is he making some sort of statement? Is this why people like this movie? Because the date that this occurs on is a 16th September, 2007, I believe, in the movie. But the main part is 16th September, which is known as the Cry of Dolores down in Mexico when they celebrate their independence from Spain. Interesting. I don't know. No, I don't think there's anything there. But like for a split second when I was watching it, I was like, oh, wait, is there? Yeah. There's nothing here to back it up. Nope. nope. We're good. <laughs> Spanish movie, but... Yeah, that's just, about the extent. Just, uh... Okay. He's not, that, he's not that, sitting there being like, we were assholes, and yeah, so no. they got their independence. It was... No, it's just a it movie. Was, it was an allegory. The time travel was their independence. <laughs> they had to strife for it. They had to fight for it. And that's how hard I tried to see if there was something... There's not anything there. It doesn't need to be anything there. But I was curious. Yeah. You know... Sometimes, sometimes there's things there. You can be like, I see you, and you pick it out. And I'm, whatever. I'm stoned. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Did we pick next week? There's uh, tentative plans, but oh, we'll see. Were we just going to do that in a row? Perhaps. <laughs> we'll figure it out for sure after. We'll figure it out. It'll just be a surprise for all you out there next week. So, uh... Steven, thank you for coming on. Yeah, oh, man. thank you Thanks so much for having over. me. This was such a delight. You guys, this is the best. I am so grateful to be here. Um, thank you. I would love to be back if you will have me at any point. And I would hope to bring, I want to bring something, another very cool, unseen movie, but I want to very lean into the horror elements. No and doubt. we're down with that. I know that you watch a lot of movies anyway. You run into us throughout the week. If we're doing a movie you want to come talk about, fucking show up. We'll you know where we're you know where we work. Oh, I'm definitely going to keep sending you recommendations. I, I know I've definitely do, yeah. sent a couple off mic today. So um, uh, definitely. So thank you very much for having me. And just like half a week ago from when we were recording this, the latest podcast on the Airverm Network dropped, which you edit. Yes. Uh, Word Balloons is, is now on the Airverm Network. And so that'll be dropping every Wednesday. Awesome. From yeah, now on. I'm very excited. Thank you for the reminder. I have to go share that on all my social medias to make sure everybody listens to it. Awesome. Yeah, and um, I don't think you really start talking on the episodes till about midway through the season, but 
I don't remember though because I, I haven't listened to them. So. I think you recorded the first couple episodes without me, and oh, and that's right. I sat on the on the rest of them, and I am just basically a, a stowaway on on that journey, and I chime in occasionally. But there's a good place to eventually hear some more of you, and just to hear some of your work, and some more of me, and some more of my work, <laughs> as all of this that we do in this fucking room continues to grow. So there's that. I guess that's not horror related, but it might be that I haven't listened to the first episode yet, and I know it's it's rough because oh. we had no idea what the fuck we were doing. But now, now we need to do a uh, a word balloons where we do horror comics, and you're the one answering the questions. Unless it's cryptozoic, man, I don't know if I could answer too much. But I don't know. Well, we can try it. If it sucks, we won't see the light of day. Who knows? Yeah, that's fine. We can do that. But for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. I'm Stephen. Fried Squirms, out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments questions want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project you can always contact us squirmcast at gmail.com or you can contact us through our website www.friedsquirms.com scroll through our entire back catalog there or click the links up at the top as we are part of the earverm podcast network uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, the easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. Uh, you can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. I'm not going to give you all those ads. So with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>